There we go. Alright. Hey, what's happening, Miles? What's going on? Not, not much. We having a, another chat this week, or is this another... Have you no, got an audience this again is, this week? Or? This one is totally not going to be aired, broadcast at all. This is this is just you cool. and me. Uh, there's nobody watching at all. Appreciate that because, like, I got this like secret I wanted to talk about. <laughs> like, I haven't told anyone in the world yet. But uh, basically, oh, one second, I just got a phone call. <laughs> all right, man. I'm going to ask. I'm going to need you to tell me a verb that ends in ing. Um, fighting. Fighting. I need. Give me a noun. Apple. Give me another noun. Scarf. Give me a plural this is my noun. New nickname. <laughs> <laughs> plural noun. A plural noun. Um. Uh. Batteries. Batteries. Uh. Part of the body. <laughs> um. Nobody's gonna uh, watch this. Uh, knee. Uh, another noun. <laughs> this is gonna take all day. Oh, <laughs> um, tree. A verb ending in ing. Um, I've got to think of a, a sensible one. <laughs> um, uh, flying. All right, give me a part of the body. Is this the whole show, by the way? <laughs> this is the whole show. This the part of the body. Can VR be too um, real or Mad Libs? What you choose in the chat. Um, ear. Okay, we're almost there. No, we're not. Verb ending in ing. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> eating. You know, the best part about this is that it's, it's not, to, not worth the payoff at all. Give me a noun. I love this. We should say saving the result to the end of the show. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> and then it'll be even worse. That, that, um, that is actually a great idea. Because <laughs> um, I'm even interested now. You don't tell me either because I have no idea what's going on. So what do you need now? Noun. Noun. And, oh, another noun. Um, uh, cigarette. Okay. We're almost there. <laughs> Give me another noun. Is this just giving a rating of my vocabulary? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Another noun. Um, we have to make sure you know what like adverbs and shit are before you sign on. To PSVR the is that a noun? PSVR, a noun. sure. And then give me a part of the body. Uh, another part of the body. Oh, um, <laughs> everybody's ditching elbow. Elbow, almost there. Okay, give me an adverb. I'm so glad this hasn't been broadcast. No, um, there's <laughs> so many subscribers if people were actually watching. This. <laughs> Yeah, I bet they'd, they'd be saying so much shit about us. Yeah. Um, sorry, what's the next one you need? Adverb. Adverb. Oh, man. Um, I know, right? Adverb. Is this a, it's a verb that ends in L-Y, right? Is that how that works? Uh, oh, like, yeah, yeah, L-Y, so, like, loudly. Okay, and one more. Give me a, another part of the body. Oh, um... Uh, finger. All right, buddy. Well, you know what that means. That means it's time to start the show. Let's do this. Let's do. <laughs> Is there actually nothing to it? <laughs> you just gotta not tell anyone about it. 
Uh, I love everyone who's typing. I've only just got the chat up. AJ put wieners. This is PSVR Gamescast Live. We film live every single Monday, Wednesday, and I can't believe you're actually here this Friday still. I mean, I, I could believe you were here like five minutes ago, but the fact that you're still here right now, holy shit. My name is Brian Paul from this channel right here, PSVR Without Pro, and this gentleman over here on the other side of the pond, it's Miles Dyer from Miles Dyer Official. <laughs> I'm still confused what's happened. What just happened? Oh, 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 see, I'm sure other people would like to hear this too. By the way, this video, I just found this video of, uh, of Tornado when she was just like no. 10 weeks old and she's so adorable. I can't stand it. Uh, so I had to actually have that playing while we were doing this because I, I felt like it was the only way you guys would forgive me <laughs> for that introduction by showing a cute cat. Here we go. Ready? I could hear the wind fighting and off in the distance. Oh shit. I was home alone. Start this over. I was home alone. It was scared out of my Pearl noun. I didn't ask you to give me that one. I could hear the wind fighting, and off in the distance, an apple was howling. I crossed the room, locked the scarf, and climbed into bed, pulling the batteries over my knee. Is it, was Mad Libs ever good? Because this is terrible. Then it happened. I could hear a tree flying up the stairs. My ears started to chatter, and my knees began eating. The cigarette was thrust open, and there was a huge PSVR with hair all over its elbow. And it was my father. Sorry, Dad. Uh, Hi, we're home, he said loudly. Hope you weren't afraid of staying home alone. No, I said, lying through my fingers. Best episode ever. <laughs> Do you know what's really, really crazy about that? What? Like, I'm genuinely getting, like, tingles because it's so freaky. <laughs> like, you don't often get coincidences this bad, but that is literally the leaked synopsis of this upcoming game, Abandoned. <laughs> You heard about this? It's the same story. I can't believe it. Yeah. It is the same story. Wow. Uh, Nick Mulo in the chat says, Brian, you don't need Miles to help you fill out your Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I'm going to copy well, and paste this into Tinder. This will be perfect. I'll get it's way probably more worth saying. It's probably worth saying that because we're working out what the Friday show feel is going to be, <laughs> that this is the new Friday feature. But like this was just uh, like a, a teaser. So this is a shorter version. We're actually going to do full chapters, which will be like 100 questions or something for the first half an hour yeah and then the second half an hour is reading and revising it and then we'll do like five minutes of vr stuff so yeah what do you think guys let us know in the comments and for all the <laughs> and for all the people i feel bad for i feel worse for sci-fi game cat henry who has to timestamp this nonsense <laughs> uh guys we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today we've got a lot of viewer takeover questions we've got we're gonna talk about those lucky's tales time trials which I think are uh, fucking bullshit, just a spoiler. Um, and we're also going to talk about, of course, what the big uh, the big headline is with the Lawnmower Man thumbnail. Uh, and that's uh, what happens when VR becomes too real. But first, Miles, we got a bunch of viewer takeover questions to talk about. You want to kick off the yes. first one? Read it out to everybody and tell them the first question we've got. Oh, look, look, sure. Look so at this... Tornado. She's so cute. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. So... Yeah, no, it's such, so, so adorable. Um, so it's out, uh, is it Awazik, the tethered game cat, yeah. uh, had asked, um, PSVR games tend to be short, but how will you deal with reviewing triple A VR games taking tens of hours just to complete? Yeah. I mean, it's Brian. a, it's a good question, man. Uh, honestly, because, uh, Oh, don't mind me. Uh, it's a good question because, you know, like we, we don't know. We don't know. This this is something that has never happened before in, in, in without parole history. Uh, we've gotten a few AAA games. We've gotten a few longer games uh, that have been a, either a nightmare to review 
or or I've done some bad reviews. I think my Skyrim review was really phoned in. I had bigger plans for that. Uh, and then the No Man's Sky review just never happened. Uh, so you can you can add Minecraft to that list too. So big games have had a pretty rough history on Without Parole, just kind of never getting around to reviewing them. Uh, but but you know it's going to be super duper important from this point on that uh, that that I don't skip games and that I review as much as possible. And so I I, I think the I think the answer to the question is we don't we don't really know yet. Uh, hopefully re- hopefully developers uh, will be better about getting review keys out, knowing that these are not three or four hour experiences. That these are going to be actually a lot more difficult for people to review. Um, and of course, you know, uh, now that we've got Miles on the channel and Wes on the channel, uh, you know, we, AJ's still here for Mondays. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think we're going to have to kind of like take a look at that as we move forward and go, well, how are we going to handle these like 50 plus hour games uh, that we never really had to worry about too much before? Um, so the answer is we don't know. <laughs> it's not going to be easy though. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to review them. It's another thing to actually create the review video and, you know, uh, the reason I discovered this channel to begin with was because of your reviews and you know it's not just going to be me thinking this really like your style uh, of telling reviews it has its very own um unique take compared to you know other um online broadcasters and that and um yeah i don't know how it would work because i feel like i would prefer feeding you the input of like if you were to play let's say the beginning of the game i could then fill you in on like if you had concerns about the game, I could say, actually, that is a repetitive thing that continues throughout. Um, or if there are things that you like and you're like, I'm not sure how this would go, I would say, oh, no, it gets way worse. Um, that's one way of doing it. Um, I think that would be sort of the compromise instead of saying, here's the review, Brian, now you do it. Because <laughs> the thing that's important about your reviews is they are they are authentic. They do come from you and people um, appreciate that you give these honest perspectives. And so we shouldn't um, allow that to, to be taken away. Well, we'll figure it out. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways we can go about this, uh, but it's going to be very, very interesting for sure. Uh, Larry Chu, Chu, Chu in the chat, chat, chat says, where's AJ at? Dude, AJ's Monday. You came here on the wrong day. Don't worry. We'll be here Monday when you come back. Um, yeah, AJ is now uh, on Mondays. He got, he got a new job. And so like, that takes up a lot of time. Now we got uh, Wes from Virtual Strangers every West day. Wednesday, depending on how you say that. And of course, Miles Dyer uh, every Friday. Uh, and Miles, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Really? No, it's, it's great to be back. Um, thank you, everyone, for all the love uh, last Friday. It's really, honestly, such a, a privilege to be here. And funnily enough, actually, on a random note, this morning I was doing some volunteering at my old secondary school. You'd call it high school in the States. Okay. Um, giving a talk to uh, year 10s. I think they're like 14-year-olds um, about sort of my YouTube story, but also about how you can be a positive role model online. And there was a couple of slides on there about virtual reality and PSVR without parole. So we might have some of them tuning in today, who knows, but um, it definitely plays into what I've mentioned before about the sense of community and uh, what an awesome community it is. Um, The only other thing I'd say also is we have over 100 people watching right now. We have 41 people who've liked the video. Thank you to those that have liked it. But if we get more people doing it, it helps with the algorithm because not everyone who subscribed gets notified uh, or sees it on the timeline. But if everyone likes it, it just makes YouTube go, oh, this is content we should get out there to more people. So honestly, little thing that can help. Um, so hit the like button if you haven't already. Let's get it to three figures. 
this is this is what Miles is good at, man. Like this is all the <laughs> stuff I don't bother telling you on the show. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it like if you feel like it. But yeah, no, fantastic. Friday show suddenly gets like 300 likes every single episode. The rest of them are like 92. We're like, all right, well, <laughs> take it. Uh, we have Firebird Old School in the chat with the 100 Sekiros and says, "Cheers for a great show." Excellent. Well, I wouldn't count your chickens before they hatched, Firebird Old School. The show's just getting started, and as you saw, eh, so far. <laughs> No promises that it's going to get better. We got Josh76 in uh, in in Discord saying, uh, with his hashtag viewer takeover question, remember guys, just join our Discord. Click the link in the description below. And you can leave your viewer takeover questions there as well. Um, Josh76 writes, what improvements in the UI do you feel will have the biggest impact for users going from a PlayStation VR 1 to a PlayStation VR 2? What do you think, Miles? What's, what's going to be the biggest improvement to the UI when we finally step into PSVR 2? So this is, so the question is what's going to be, right? Whereas it, what I want and what is going to happen aren't the same thing. And well, it's to I do mean, with, it's but it's to do years. with, yeah. yeah, I know, but it's to do, and it's only because of Sony's track record with the PS5 and it is the broadcast functionality. Mm-hmm. I was so looking forward to the PlayStation 5 and live streaming. You know, there's a lot of limitations you have to use, um, unless you use a separate device, you have to use PlayStation's broadcast. And it's very limited with its tools. Um, and so I bought the camera. And when you choose like the different shapes for the camera of like where your image is and you do, I think, the circle, the circle actually gets cropped from the top and the bottom. So their own UI is not even optimized for what they do. And what I really want for PSVR 2 is better live streaming functionality. I would love it that when I'm playing Beat Saber, I can pull the chat in the distance because at the moment on um quest in that it's all done through modding which playstation and sony isn't going to allow so um i'm not hopeful just based on what happened with ps5 but if they want us to stay in the headset and they want us to broadcast stuff i think you know live streaming is such a good marketing tool for their content so why aren't they giving us the tools to use it um i mean when i live stream currently does by the way does um the voice to text actually work on the PlayStation Five for PSVR because it doesn't for me. No, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I, I've been, I, I'm using the same setup that I was using with the Pro with OBS, and you know, like just running everything through my computer to stream it that way. Um, okay, and, and it's and it's nonsense, right? I mean, like the, the the way that I need to run my live streams when I play a game is is absolutely nonsense. It doesn't make any sense at all, and that's that's the definition of nonsense, making no sense. So I'm glad I said I've said it three times, um, but. But more so than that, it's, I mean, I'm wearing two sets of headphones. I'm, so I do the same as you. Right? I have in-ears for the text to chat on the laptop, and then I have Over the headphones ears. on top for the game stuff. Dude, I feel Dude. like I feel like a member of the fucking Borg when I live stream. There's wires hanging out everywhere. There's like multiple headsets. It's just like, and and, and, and I'm trying to like have fun and play the game. And then on top, so and, and, and then I have to like, and then I hear the comments in my headset. And it's just like, yeah, man, just like let me pop up a window and, and, and see them, see the comments. And, uh, and and I feel like, as you said, this is the best marketing that Sony has. It's it's live streamers, people playing games, and they're not, you know, they're they're Sony doesn't have to pay these people at all. And so, if you want to make the interface as easy as possible, you want people to be streaming on PSVR two instead of Quest three or Cambria or whatever it is next over on Facebook. So I th- I think that's a huge part of this. Um, but if if you don't mind me backing up just a little bit, 
Yeah. I'm just going to be so fucking happy that I don't have to hold the trigger and drag my hand across the screen. You know, sometimes when it's just lagging, like if you're already in yes. the game and you try to go to the UI and you pull the trigger of the move and you have to drag it and you're like, come on. It's like you feel like you're dragging it across the whole yeah. fucking room. It's like it should be like you should be able to point at an icon and go click, click, click. But no, yeah. no, you have to drag and it feels so antiquated. And then it, when it when it has slowdown or, or lag, it feels even more antiquated. It's terrible. And so I'm just going to be happy. Even if we don't have like a VR UI, if we can just point at the screen, go click, 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 click. <laughs> like that's yeah. all I need. I need a pointer. <laughs> I'll be happy. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. I, and, and I think that is going to be the best improvement they can do because, like my one, the amount of people that actually live stream is a lot more limited. But I do think it just it'd be such a, a big win, and it, it's what I'm most hopeful for because I would love to live stream VR more. Um, but as you say, I feel like a marine <laughs> going into <laughs> futuristic battle <laughs> i love it dave station vr's in the chat what up dave says streaming is definitely a pain in the ass as it stands uh and then um gary and sonia williams res responded by saying well stop sitting on it then dave <laughs> <laughs> it's like basic fucking humor in today that is exactly what I need. I fucking love it. Uh, we got Big Show with the $5 tip says, what do y'all mean too real? I'm obviously referring to the title of the video. Yeah. Uh, I think at some point, yes, we will have Ready Player One type VR games, but not by Sony anytime soon. Love the show. Big Show, we are definitely going to get into that after just a few more viewer takeover questions and uh, and then a little Good chat point, about Mike. Lucky's Tale. Uh, but thank you, Big Show, for supporting the channel. Appreciate it. Uh, the next question, uh, why don't you take this one, bud? Uh, yeah, um, with the rumors of an event coming in at the end of this month, do you think we will see the headset release sooner than 2023 if it's a games showcase compared to a technical showcase? And that's from Rypop. I mean, yeah, I think, I think if Sony does a games showcase in April, then everything I said about 2023 is totally wrong. There's no way they're going to build up the hype this soon because people are excited about games more than anything else. They're going to they're going to be like, "Oh, the tech is cool. We can't wait to put it on our head for ourselves." But if they're not if they're not kicking this thing off by showing some kind of tech demonstration with uh you know, the same way that Shuhei Yoshida did uh, the 2014 GDC, then then yeah, man, they're then they're building up the hype too early. And that means that the 2023 as far as I'm concerned is out the fucking window and that something something changed. Um but I don't know, man. What do you do you think it's do you think it's possible we could get this thing earlier than I'm, I've been saying we can get it? Uh, no, I think it is possible. Um, I, I think there are two things at play, one of which I, we, we spoke about on last week's show, which is the bottleneck is how many PlayStation 5s are out there. Right. That was kind of what we said about Christmas, big push for PlayStation 5. And then as we go into the new year, it's then great. We have VR for those that have already got a PlayStation 5. Um, I did read, not in detail, I just saw headlines, so I haven't looked into it, and maybe you know about this, but there seems to be talk that the console shortages is coming to an end now, like production is scaling up um, for both Xbox and PlayStation, which would maybe play into this as well. But the other thing I'm thinking about is, and this was definitely the case when the PlayStation 5 was coming out, it was just as the pandemic was underway, and people were struggling, people were let out of you know let off their jobs people were stuck at home um and the economy was really really suffering and there was this question of how are you going to release a new product which isn't exactly cheap when so many people are losing their jobs and struggling economically and so there's an argument that you want to do it sooner rather than later now 
I don't know how it is in the States and other parts of the world, but um, I know that, you know, gas prices are going up, which impacts energy bills. Here in the UK, we've actually got a cost of living crisis. Um, home energy bills have doubled uh, this month and they're expected to double yet again in October. It's like so, so scary. And so I'm wondering that if there is this, you know, cost of living crisis that's even more so than, you know, when the pandemic happened, maybe Sony, and this might sound like a callous thing to say, but this is stuff they have to map out when it comes to marketing and strategy of release, Sure, is do we actually need to bring it forward? Because actually the trends show that the longer we leave it, the less um, purchasing power consumers are going to have. I don't know if that also comes into it, um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's true. I mean they're a business and they got to do the right thing for them, you know, and, and be financially responsible uh, to make sure that people are going to be able to buy this when they can. Uh, and this is also going to sound callous, but yeah, man, if like if the outside world is getting worse and worse for various reasons, then we then we as consumers need be a better VR headset sooner rather than later. Uh, like like we. I think a lot of us are still sort of looking for that escape, um, even though, you know, the pandemic is sort of winding down and the whole thing and people are starting to get back to their normal lives. Um, I, I, th I think, you know, when, when we get home from, I mean, I, I work from home and the few times I've had to go out this week have been super stressful when I get home. Like, I don't want to think about that. I want, I want to escape to, to something else. And so like, I think that ready player one future is, uh, is sadly way closer than we all think. Uh, so bring it on, man. Sony, like get your headsets out because the uh, the apocalypse is nigh. Let's do this. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. Um, there was one other point that you made me think of, and I think it's just gone out of my head. It's that like back of the mind thing. It might come back to me. But it was the idea that um, with... Yes, I remember now. Last week, we also spoke about how um, when the PlayStation 5 was coming out, the pandemic really messed up their marketing strategy because their main features were 3D audio and haptic feedback, things that you have to get your hands on or get around your ears. And so they were going to set up booths around the world to show people it because then people would tell their friends and go, you've got to experience it to believe it. And VR is exactly that. So although on the one hand, and this is why we're countering, you know, the arguments for delaying it and the arguments for bringing it forward, the arguments for delaying it again is... We want as many people with PS5s so that they then buy uh, the VR because we just want people to get it. But by bringing it forward, you're then going to get content creators or just people who happen to have it because the people that are going to buy it before Christmas are the people that have already got PS5s, are big PS5 advocates and fans. And what are they going to do when they've got friends around and you know they're, they're doing streams online? They're going to be saying, my goodness, VR is like next level and they're actually going to be the ones that then do the marketing on social media and things like that um and and because that is how you sell something that you can't really demonstrate you know on a stage you know we keep talking about are they going to do a showcase where they show games on stage there's no way of doing it in a way that's going to come close to giving a sense of what vr is because for us who are already vr gamers and are already going to get it we're going to watch those presentations and watch it and go wow because i know what that's going to be like in vr like right. when we saw the horizon call of the mountain but for people that have never done vr before they're going to look at it and go oh okay it just looks like a game they're not gonna have that comparison and so um if you're going to want to convince new people the way you do it is getting it into the hands of vr enthusiasts as soon as possible so that um they then advocate with the wider population 
Joey Bats 33 with the $5 tip says, would it be worth it to Sony to make 300,000 to 500,000 PSVR 2s to launch quicker? Forget 1 million with shortages. Uh, I mean, we've definitely heard that a potential reason for the delay is uh, is so that they can have enough PSVR 2s at launch to satisfy the launch demand. Um, would it be worth it? I mean, the question is, is if it's, if, if it's even viable at this point to launch early, like when you, when you're telling when you're telling everybody, hey, Q1 2023, uh, then and everybody's like planning on getting their games, their ports, their everything, their you know the, whatever it is, ready for launch, and then you suddenly pull the rug out from under them and you say, okay, now now it's Q4, just kidding, and it's and it's we're only launching with half the number of units, and you, now you're not going to be ready for our launch. I, I think that that's bad business. And I think that kind of once you start making these decisions, it's, there's, there's only so much you can roll back and backpedal until you start like just destroying relationships. Uh, I don't, and again, I, I don't know, uh, and I'm, I'm not sitting here going, it's 100%, you know, one way or another. Um, cause I, cause I don't know everything that's happening behind the scenes, certainly. But I mean, I, I just, I just feel like it's a bad business move to start saying one thing and then go do another. That said, we haven't heard anything from Sony directly, right? Like there hasn't been some kind of PlayStation VR 2 uh, announcement or, or, or stage event or, or demonstration or anything where they said pre-orders are going live and this is when it launches. Um, and so I, I do feel like anything could change between now and then. Um, I just don't know what the ramifications of that are. They also want to get ahead of the competition because every month you've got the headset out when, you know, Oculus haven't got or Meta haven't got their next one out. That is going to be amazing because actually I'm getting a real sense that a lot of PC VR gamers are looking towards PSVR two with excitement. They keep asking. Um, they go, "This needs to be PS uh, PC compatible." Like, and I'm like, "Really?" And that that's going to be the big question though, because I think it's possible because obviously Sony have registered PlayStation PC as a company. I think that's mm -hmm. what it's called. Obviously, for their God of War, rem um, you know, ports and things like that. It could be that they do their own PlayStation version of Steam, so you can get PSVR games for PC, and that also would make up for the issues of, well, actually, are we going to have, is the bottleneck going to be too thin with the amount of um, PlayStation 5s out there? If it's for PC as well, that's going to then bring in so many um, VR enthusiasts from the other platforms. So I think I think that would be, they, I think it's a real possibility. We've got Professor Lilith in the chat with the $5 tip, not to change the topic, but too late. Uh, right. It says, this Sunday's multiplayer, uh, April 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern, is Star <gasps> Trek Bridge Crew. Yes, again, next week's is Riggs, uh, Mech Combat, on April 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, thank you so much, Professor Lilith. Uh, remember, guys, join our Discord and, uh, and, and get in on the multiplayer fun. That way, that's where all the organization for this shit happens. Uh, you can get in there, talk to Professor Lilith and everybody that's playing, and you can assign teams and all that stuff uh, over on Discord. There's a hashtag multiplayer meetup channel. I was uh, so gutted I missed it last Sunday, so I must uh, jump in this time. Was uh, it Bridge Crew bridge last crew. Sunday? Is that why? Yeah, it was. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's again. again. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do. Want, I also want to point out that over on Patreon, patreon.com/slash/without-pro-games for the five dollar plus Patreon 
members uh, this Sunday. Originally, I was going to have it at 2 p.m., and then I think Serial Killer reminded me. I was like, no, that 2 p.m. is when the meetup happens. I was like, oh, shit, let's move it back. So at, at noon Eastern over on Patreon.com slash Without Parole Games, how many times can I say that in this one sentence? Uh, I'm going to do the, the second AMA that I've ever done. Uh, the first one went really well and also went really long. I thought it was going to be a 45-minute thing. It ended up being a two-hour thing where I got emotional, almost cried. It was crazy. Oh, my God. But we're going to do it again. And now you've actually got a little bit of uh, lead time. Uh, so if you're interested in joining... Uh, Patreon, or if you're interested in just, if you're already a Patreon supporter and you want to like hang out and do the AMA slash hangout, uh, then it was, a, it was a lot of fun last time. And uh, so it's, it was really, I watched it. It was oh, really, nice. really great. And it just gives a sense of, you know, what's the drive behind this channel. Brian obviously talks a lot about on these shows, but when actually he's not having to worry about um, the sort of a schedule and it's just like, let's just roll the camera, let's just have the questions coming in and have a conversation um it's a great train of thought and yeah it was really great and uh yeah nice. it was awesome and, and i gotta say man people didn't ask like very personal questions last time they kept it very like video game and everything else i thought i was gonna get real personal uh you know again I'm, i feel like i'm a pretty much an open book and so like i'll, I'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about um but it's but it's it's just nice to kind of connect to the patreon supporters people who are like, keeping this channel alive uh and then and during some of these slow times man it's like, I, I mean, I've always appreciated everybody on Patreon, but I appreciate you guys so much more than I ever have before because you guys are, I, when I say you're keeping the channel alive, keeping the lights on, that is not, uh, is not hyperbole. That is fucking 100% truth, and I thank you for it. Dude, that's going to do it for our viewer takeover segment. And now... Great questions. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, if you want... But, it, even even better answers. Even better answers, if I say so myself. <laughs> So, so good that I think we need 14 more people to like this video. So we hit three figures. Let's do this. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm not going to do this every week. <laughs> Just... Thank God. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't think I can handle it any more this week. Um, all right, <laughs> dude, we, I, we got you playing Lucky's Tale earlier today, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Tell me, first, before we even, I don't, I, we don't need a big review discussion on Lucky's Tale. We've talked about Lucky's Tale already a little bit this week. Um, but but did, were you enjoying it? Did you play through the campaign a little bit? Yeah, I so I've done quite a few levels. I actually really really enjoying it. Um, I made quite a few notes. Like for me, it was a great celebration of like Crash Bandicoot, Little Big Planet, Astrobot, Mario, and it actually made me thought I would love for there to be a Sonic VR game because I always thought Sonic VR you couldn't do. There's a video on YouTube where it's like Sonic in first person and you just get motion sick when he spins. Um, but of course, as you mentioned in your review, it shows you that third person platformers are actually really good for VR. And it was a reminder to me that when we talk about VR, this is going to be in the big conversation of today, it's all about immersion. Yeah. But we always tend to think of immersion as about the first person perspective, being immersed in the character. But it made me realize actually it's just about being immersed in the world. And I, I actually had a really good time with it. Um, clearly it's a port. There were some things that were optimized well for VR. So like when your head hits a lamp, it swings. That's kind of cool. But then there was other stuff that I think they just were a bit lazy on. So on the opening scene, no spoilers, but when this tentacle comes through the door, you just peer forward and the tentacle's not even connected to anything. Didn't even have to lean forward. The whole point in VR is you look around and can see stuff. And it was like they had not even thought about it. It was like, oh, there's just a tentacle in the door that's connected to nothing. Um, but yeah, like in terms of the modes, and I know we're going to talk about time trials, the main campaign, just the main campaign missions, I feel 
they feel pointless, like no replayability. I, I I was taking my time getting all the coins and gems for the first level. And then when I played the re- red coin mode, it's a separate mode where you've got to find, I don't know if it's the same number of coins for each one, 25 for each level, but um, that that's a separate mode. That should be a part of the same thing. Like, yeah, that felt weird. That, that felt like just uh, we ran out of ideas. And so here's a different mode where you're doing pretty much the same thing, but we decided on 10 coins or yeah. 15 coins or 20s. I thought that should be amalgamated. Uh, the time trials um, just remind me of why I was frustrated with Crash Bandicoot games. I'm someone who gets bronze first and then just about gets silver. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it looks like on as soon as you get to level two and three and onwards, it's about being really good at bouncing on the angry birds to get to high places really quickly, um, which I'm terrible at. Why do you hate it? I'm, I'm getting the. Imp- I assume that you really hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'll say that during my initial, I, I did a review yesterday, and my initial review was, oh, I played one or two of them, and it was fine. Like I got silver, I think, on both of them, and I was like, whatever, it's fine. I'm probably not going to play many more of these. And then, after I published the review, I heard a lot of people say these are fucking impossible, and I was like, they're impossible. Like, what do you mean? Like, you, it's impossible to get the gold. It's impossible to. to it. And they're not kidding, man. Like, to get the gold on on any of these it's it's impossible it's not only are you do you have to go through the level a very very specific way because you get penalized if you don't pick up the gems along the way correct on top of that like you've got to cut any corner that you can you've got to you got to make sure i mean if you if you stop moving the analog stick for a second you are already screwed uh yeah and then and, and i've gotten to at least a couple the end of a couple of runs that i considered flawless runs like i was like i can't do this any better this has to be yeah. a gold and i still had to shave seven or eight seconds not like seven or eight tenths of a second eight full seven or eight seconds off my time and i'm like i don't know how to do that like i'm literally gonna have to go look at some like walkthroughs and shit and do like this is somebody's gonna there's got to be a shortcut that i'm missing there's got to be something and I've, I've been talking to people i know jordan cloud out there has been talking about this um and uh it was it hard to get or all yours history i forget i was talking to both of them in uh, on discord and and, and we're all, it's taking like 30 40 50 minutes on each time trial and then still not being like successful enough to get the gold and so how to how do you Put these time trials, they're so redeemable. Uh, maybe we should lower that down just a tad. Uh, Virtual yeah, Strangers in the chat gets it says, Get good, son. I'm like, Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, a be- yeah. A better, a better mechanic would be kind of what they did with Astro Bot, which is you do you, you bring it down. I mean, Astro Bot was still a challenge to get the I think it was in there was bronze, gold, silver, or was it just who could do it in the fastest time? But yeah, the way I could imagine it is you make it easier. So gold is a bit of a challenge, but maybe gold is what it feels like to get silver currently. Um, And then after it, there's this, you know, just high school with your friends. And that's where the challenge should be, where you're really trying to grind it. That's what happens in the PS5 Astro Bot launch game is you, you know, you're shaving off seconds because you're trying to beat your friends. Um, But the mechanic of collecting the gems, I really like. And if I'm right that when you replay it and you pick up the gems, it tells you for each gem how many seconds you are beating your previous or your best attempt, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. And in a completely random, slightly unrelated note, it does make me feel that it would be an amazing mode to add in Zenith um, with the gems, like having time trials with you know with climbing and flying around and that to combat with your friends i don't know that came to mind straight away of like i would love to have something like that in the massive zenith maps because people would just do it and if you had high schools 
Um, I haven't been on that game in ages, but well, yeah. no. But yeah, any, anytime you can repurpose a uh, an area or, or a level uh, with with a different challenge, like which like we just complained about, like he's doing with the the uh, the hidden coins. Um, but any, but but at least in Zenith, yeah, it would feel different. It would feel like, hey, here's this different thing you can do, and and you can actually stand around with your friends, and your friends can watch you as you do it. Uh, and so I think that's you know, or or you can go, or multiple people can go at the exact same time and sort of race each other, even though you're racing time trials. Um, I th yeah, I think for Zenith that would be that that would be an incredible addition, big time. Um, so I'll clip that and send it to the devs. No, and then uh, and tell them to put the check in the post for the idea. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Just give me in-game credit. <laughs> in-game ingredients so I can keep cooking. Yes. Donatello, the scientist game cat with the $5 tip says, platformers are important for BR. Hell, I love playing Mervils. Imagine playing it flat. Uh, yeah, I feel like Mervils would be one of the worst flat screen platformers of all time. But in VR, it's it's kind of cute and endearing and shit. So, um, yeah. I'm Do you know what else it made me think about with um, Astrobot um, Rescue Mission? Um, it made it. Instantly, I thought, wow, Astrobot Rescue Mission is so narrow in its level design. Now, um, that's not a criticism because that's the nature of it is yeah. you are literally just going on a track forward and it's very, very creative. But on this game, the fact that you sort of, it's it, you know, even Moss is, they're quite contained paths and that because it's a, it's much more of a puzzle. So you have to be more constrained. Right. This just feels like a much more open platform. And I really like it and I find it fun and refreshing and it makes me think about all the big ips whether it's crash bandicoot or little big planet or sonic the hedgehog uh, Jack or mario Jackson, the precursor yeah. legacy i would kill for the precursor legacy just again exact same game just in vr because that game was yeah. beautiful on ps2 i'm sure it'd be beautiful on ps5 yeah no absolutely so um it, it, yeah I, I i mean i'm four levels in and i'm i'm really enjoying it um but i assume to get is there a platinum trophy? You need to get gold on all the time trolls? Yeah, good luck with that. That's exactly yeah, right. Um, yeah. Right, we're going to have to do a petition to get the devs to change that. Um, <laughs> I think it's been so this can... way for six years. It's apparently, apparently, just I've been, this is secondhand information, but apparently it's been this exact same way ever since it was a, 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 a Oculus Rift title. Uh, it was a, it was do a you Rift think... packing title. Do you think that it's easier to do on flat screen? And the reason I say that was something I did notice from the get-go with this game is the way that the camera pans, I think it's it's got this floaty feel to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels good, and other times I was like, yeah, this doesn't feel good. It's like a bit close or it's not fast enough. And I'm wondering, obviously, as you say, your character's still moving in a straight line, you know, from place to place. So that's not really going to be impacted. But the other thing I also thought about with, you know, Astrobot is um, the move that when you jump and you fight, it sort of gives you an extra jump. So you could triple jump, mm -hmm. you jump, double jump, and then you swing. I wish they had it in this game. That might make it a little bit easier. <laughs> no, it's true. And it, it actually feels like to me that there's something missing in this game. Like there's, there's some sort of mechanic that I'm, I don't understand. Like if you if you jump and then double jump and then land on an enemy, you get a speed boost or something. Like in and there's yes, it, it feels because like I'm so bad at the time trials that I'm like it feels like I'm missing some important mechanic where I should be running faster at a certain point or like you know is do do I get do I move faster when I jump or double jump like or, or is running actually the fastest thing to do because I'm I'm not whatever it is I'm not connecting with uh, so. I'd be very curious to find out if I am missing something or if I just suck at it or if everybody sucks at it. It kind of sounds like right now everybody sucks at it. Um, and so we'll, we'll figure this out together, though, as we move forward. 
Um, but we do, speaking of moving forward, man, we we gotta we, we gotta get on to the, the main topic, topic. Of the day. Yeah, you know this is this is something uh, this is something that you and I were talking about in voice chat with some of the other cats uh, over on Discord, uh, and and as we were saying, it's uh, it's it's a conversation that we 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 thought was important enough uh, to to talk about with everybody. That just yes. leaving a, a private conversation between you and me and a few of the cats who were in Discord, uh, it didn't seem like enough. It was something we wanted to do. Uh, with everybody here, and, and and hopefully it's uh hopefully it's a topic that you guys are interested in, uh, and also if you want to be part of those discussions on in voice chat, sometimes they're interesting. Sometimes we just fucking sit around and go, "What are you having for lunch?" Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I and I know I'm selling it real well right now. Three dollars a month on on uh, on Patreon.com/slash Without Pearl Games uh, gets you your name on the scroll down here that goes by like two thousand times per episode uh, and access to voice chat. So uh, hopefully that's somewhat rewarding i guess i don't know but dude so no it, uh, it definitely is and it, it, this this is a massive topic and it's been really cool seeing all the game cats in the chat already sort of answering the question yeah. and as brian alluded last week in terms of my background i have an interest in technology i do a, a, a podcast show called the quest for global empathy i'm really into the societal aspects of technology and how it's changing virtual reality has a much bigger cultural impact in many ways than just gaming itself and this is kind of what sparked the conversation in the voice chat. And I was just posing the question of, are we going to reach a point where there's this ethical dilemma with games becoming too realistic? Like if you play a horror game, could it become traumatic? Um, or if you play action games, could um, it, it could let there be moral dilemmas? Star? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, the, um, but and I know what people are going to say straight away, which is, well, we've had this conversation before. Do video games make people violent? And are we saying we should ban them? No, we're not. I'm just thinking that it's not necessarily about age ratings, but like, are we just going to get to a point where games are going to have to come with trigger warnings, which is it has these kind of experiences in them. And if you, um, you know, if, if, and just, you know, make giving people information so they can make educated choices because, you know, great example, Resident Evil 7. I know it's not real. But I get such bad uh, anxiety when I'm playing it. But I can deal with it. People are asking about this video on screen at the moment with the shoes. <laughs> we are going to get to this. Yeah. So the way we're going to break down this conversation, everyone, is we're going to basically first of all talk about, you know, virtual reality. Um, how is the immersion and realism going to improve with future technology? And this is actually one of the things that we'll probably get to. And then we're going to talk about, like, the positives for a real VR and then also the negatives, and really interested to hear your thoughts as well. But yeah, the thing on the screen at the moment <laughs> is the idea start that playing it as soon as possible because it's, it's so goofy. I love it. Yeah, I, I found it just before we went live because one of them is the idea of for movement. You know, we want to have movement in VR without controllers. Now, many of you will know of the 360 omnidirectional treadmill, which is that like bowl. And you kind of skate on it, so you're running in every direction, and your feet just slide. So it's not really, it's like crawling. And then I heard about these, it's Ecto VR, it's a startup, and they've created these robotic boots. And they look hilarious, but they're basically a treadmill. Because we always thought that you'd use a treadmill, but no, the treadmill's built into the shoe. So as you're moving, you're actually moving on the spot. Um, how that's going to work when you try running. And yes, they're really clunky. Yep. But so is VR headsets at the moment. Right. Um, it's still a box so... on your face. It's it's you know I, I think the early adopters of VR are very very forgiving of things like this, and even like the three D writer and a bunch of th other things that different developers have tried, different manufacturers have tried to improve the 
to improve the immersion of VR, right? Because because at, at its foundation, VR is super clunky. You know, here, here we are with a with a fucking box on our face. And if you've been a PlayStation VR gamer for a while, you haven't even had analog sticks. So like we're used to the clunk, man. And so and, and so early adopters, I think, go a little crazy over this shit and go, oh man, this this is this is interesting. You know, can't wait to see where it goes. Is not maybe it's not ready for prime time yet, but it's certainly fun to watch uh, like videos like this and see and see some of the solutions that different developers are coming up with. And uh, and this one is the least clunky so far. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a, it's a massive move from like videos five years ago. There was literally this experiment where they had an actual treadmill. And as you start running, it speeds up under your feet. And then when you stop, the treadmill stops. But what they found was the lag between you stopping and the treadmill stopping, although it was a millisecond, mm -hmm. it was enough to create G-force that you jolted. And so it was a really jerky experience. Whereas this, the AI is just correcting that you're moving and underneath your feet, it's going to make sure that you're always on the same position. Um, so, yeah, movement, that's one thing. Um, yeah, and, and, and I do want to point out, even though that this conversation is very, very much about how, you know, these different innovations can add to the immersion, I saw Dave Station's comment in the chat, and I'm kind of with him when he says, fuck this shit, we just want controllers. Like, some of us are just gamers, yes. and, like, we're fine with controllers for the rest of our lives, you know? It's like some people want haptic gloves, and some people want this or that, whatever, or just hand tracking. Uh, I'm, I'm such a gamer when it comes to VR that I remember at the very beginning of the PSVR lifecycle... I was like, I just want to sit on my couch and play with a DualShock. I don't even care about move controllers. And as you can see how far I've come when it came to that. So, like, my state of mind has changed over the last six years. And uh, and so even though right now I'm like, oh, yeah, I just want I just want the, the sense controllers. I, I know that in another six years, we're going to be in an entirely different place and go, oh, yeah, no, those, those were good six years ago. But but now these gloves, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're cool. Well, yeah. So, so gloves is a great one because gloves are definitely going to be a big thing because we talk about like being able to remove the need for controllers. Um, we talk about like detection, but if you had gloves with haptics, when you hold, because you think about, oh, well, you want a controller because you want to feel like you're holding a gun or a sword. Mm. Well, no, there's eventually going to be AI programming haptics that when you clench, it will actually recreate the tension so that you feel like you're holding a sword or a gun. And, you know, these are all things that, and, and going back to, and I think this is illustrated by your point about, you know, we don't want to have to move around on these sort of boots and that. The point is there will become a point where it, you might not be an adopter in the next five years, but in 10 years, it will be so seamless that you'll try it once and go, yeah, actually, I'm definitely doing it. Because it doesn't mean that when you're in game, you have to run the, at the rate that you're doing in game. They might give you boosters and stuff like that, you know, accessory settings and that, but it just gives you a sense of motion. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of imagination here with this conversation. Um, sure. do you want to, well, yeah, you know, and I, and I think, I, I think the ultimate, uh, is, is the ultimate sense of immersion is going to be like full body haptic suits, uh, which is something you, you would add to the run of show that was like, it, in my head, I'm like, oh man, it's, isn't it bad enough? I have to go find my controllers and make sure they're charged and then put on a headset. And there's, it's just, it, there's a, there's a, you know, even if it's a small process, it's still a, a process to get into VR. I don't want to have to put on a full body haptic suit, but yes. I feel like it's one of those things that once it's, once the technology is kind of perfected, we're going to be like, how did we ever play without this? Cause it will just be, a, it will just be a shirt. 
it will it'll be it'll be like it won't be this bulky thing that you have to clip in lots of areas like tech right. is going to be but i love that aj's talking about yeah running in skyrim or rip like yeah that is the thing is that, yeah gotta do you know what it'll make people become increasingly fans of fast travel <laughs> that that is that is for sure. Oh, thank God a loading um, screen. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God a loading screen. I swapped out my SSD with the regular one. There was I needed more time. <laughs> but it will but it will change the dynamics of like combat games because you're like you you won't want to die, not because you'll feel like you're actually dying. It won't be that real. The body haptic suit. Well, they might do things where you get a little shock or a little sensation that you feel like you've been hit. That comes with its own implications of like suits getting hacked or people going, Oh yeah, I want to crank it up. Um, but uh, it might mean that you're like, I don't want to die because then I do get, I respawn and then I have to track back in. So like, I don't know, there's going to be all these sort of unintended consequences of how it changes gameplay. Um, we've obviously, Brian, got the the things coming out soon that we already know about. So we've got eye tracking and 3D audio and haptics in the controllers. Those are going to be massively um, transformational for VR, aren't they? And for anyone, yeah, and for anyone paying attention, this is the... Um... Uh, this video put playing playing here is the Toby eye tracking video from uh, and, and I and I whoever whoever mentioned this on Discord thank you very much for pointing it out this is five years old and it still to me is very impressive this is Toby from five years ago demonstrating their eye tracking technology and it's still it's exactly what everybody's been talking about during the uh, the Unity PlayStation VR two presentation where they're saying oh you know just looking at a uh, looking at an item and, and, and clicking the button like they're demonstrating this five years ago showing how well it worked then um and so but but now it's just kind of coming to light because we're going to have finally have a home console headset that can take advantage of this uh so again this video is five years old and it's it feels super super current somehow still wow um, so so yeah so uh, dude eye tracking is going to be a huge one not just for performance but also uh, but also you know when NPCs uh, make eye contact with you in game I think that's going to be uh, huge that's going that's going to be really big you know even if it's just like NPCs walking by you on the street like pretend like you're playing Grand Theft Auto or something and there's like a hundred people as you're walking down the street and like some of them make eye contact with you some of them don't you know it's 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 just those little things that kind of add up to add a ton of realism to the thing that you're doing. And that with the fact that these headsets are only going to get smaller, lighter. Um, or, I mean, already they're just so much smaller than what they used to be when they first came out. I mean, we think about even computers or televisions from 15 years ago, which were these massive boxes. Like, you know, they were actually cubes, your monitors of computers. Uh, I was watching um, a few weeks ago the making of the original Matrix and they were showing like this is the computer they rendered the the massive fight scenes on, and there were just these old boxes, and it's just like unthinkable that they managed to do it on those kind of devices. But um, I do know that they had, and I might have mentioned this before, that um, they have developed um, AR um, contact lenses, but they're totally not practical. And the reason why they're not practical is because they require power to run, <laughs> and you're not going to have a cable coming out your eye. Uh, so they have batteries in them, but batteries create heat and it doesn't burn the eyes out, but it, it definitely heats them up. Uh, and so, you know, these are all things that we're like, how are we ever going to overcome these issues? But they will find ways. I mean, this eye tracking technology and foveated rendering is when I heard it was coming out on PSVR 2, it makes complete sense. But also it blows my mind that this is already happening. Yeah. Um, 
It's just, it's oh, it's just incredible. Ben Dawson in the chat with the uh, the five quid says, "I know what it feels like to be kicked in the bits. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. know what it feels like to be kicked in the bits in VR." <laughs> yeah, there'll be a whole mini game of that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah you can change. I mean, go around rec room just kicking people in the balls. Who knows, man? Maybe there's a God of War mini game where where you're not getting kicked in the bits. Maybe there's a separate, more pleasing experience you could have in VR with your bits. Uh, Dave Station VR with the $2 tip says the NPCs in Roller Coaster Dreams already kick ass. I mean, they, they set such a high bar with Roller Coaster Dreams. I don't know how we're even trying to compete with that shit. Yeah. That's, that's called quadruple A. No, Roller Coaster Dreams is shit. Um, it looks like, it looks like a I'll... PS1 game. It's pretty bad. Is it, uh... Yeah. The next, the next thing we got is uh, on the list, uh, better animations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, the point I always make, and this is the sort of the psychologist in me, is 90% of all communication is down to tone of voice, uh, body language, uh, facial expressions. Um, and it's why that we tend to, there's a lot of dehumanizing of one another on social media, especially no. on Twitter, where you have no. to put all your thoughts. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's why i deleted twitter off my phone five years ago because everyone tries to get their point and you know you misconstrue everyone knows the times they've had a text or message from someone they were like oh wow did i do something wrong they didn't mean they meant it totally friendly it's just it came across a bit cold so vr as a medium when you're talking to people and it starts replicating their facial expressions and animations are better and you know tone of voice and is you know and the audio is better this is going to make human connection just so much more realistic. And I think that's really, really exciting. So these are all, everything we've kind of listed so far um, has been, have been ways that VR is going to become more real, more immersive uh, and, and kind of straddle the line between, you know, reality and, and virtual reality. And, and, and some of these things are going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, but what we haven't really discussed yet is is the kind of the ramifications of this technology. Yes, and I, and I think it's 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 kind of, we're always a little bit late to the party when it comes to regulating these things or when it comes to figuring out what um like what what the downsides societally will be. Um, so let's 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 figure out. Let's figure out just for a second here. Things are going to get way more realistic. Things are going to get way uh, more immersive. And there's there's certainly a good side to that and a bad side to that. So let's start with the good side. Let's pretend we're reviewing a game. Let's start with the good side. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and then we'll, 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 then we'll crack down on this a little bit and figure out the negative side of super realistic virtual reality. Um, so, so, so straight off the bat, and it's a quick one just because it's off the, the last point I made, which is... It's going to allow for greater empathy because it's going to humanize people more. You're going to now see people's expressions, um, you know, where people might be trolling before they're actually, and this might encourage some people, this might already go into a negative. They're like, oh, I can now see I've upset someone. <laughs> but I but I genuinely think like Zenith is a great example. Any There's a, there's a global voice chat and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the the servers are pretty non-toxic. Everyone's really helpful. You see people. And it's because there's this sense of like community and accountability that you can just help people and you know, you can block people if you want. But like I think as that becomes more realistic, I think it's just gonna encourage people to be nicer with each other. Um, because once again, 
people become mean when you only you, you don't see people you just see the text on the screen and you don't see him as a human being so i think that's gonna be really good yeah I, and i do have to agree with you I, I think i mean first of all i think our server on zenith the one that we've chosen uh it's it's a lot of game cats and, and so obviously that's true the cats in general are you know some of the most positive people uh on the face of the planet and definitely some of the most positive people in vr i'm sure that uh that isn't the case universally <laughs> across the board but um it, there is something. The, the first time I ran into another human being in a VR game, there was something about being in that world and having that person standing next to me in that world, even though he just looked like a kind of looked like an NPC, you know, a generic character model, whatever. I, I heard Lewis Knight's voice coming out of a, a person in Firewall. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm standing next to you. Yeah. And, and so all of these little things. Uh, so if you are the type of person that like just feels like you've got your you get anonymity online and that you can be a dick because you're hiding behind your keyboard. That's it. Uh, th it does change things a little bit because suddenly you're, you're this, there's this real person standing next to you. And if they look more realistic, they look almost photorealistic. They look like a real person. Uh, and then now they're, ex they're expressing their, they're smiling, they're frowning, they're blinking, they're everything. All of these things add up to being like, this is a real person and I'm kind of standing face to face with them. And so I think you're right. I think the, the level of empathy people will have will mostly improve. I think there's, there's, yes, there's always exceptions. Like, you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. That. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but, and, yeah, but also it's not, heading in the right direction. It's, 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 it's not just between human players though. Like the character's even in single player games like ai characters or just story characters you know we think about how moved we are when we play certain games like to stand with a character that is like maybe opening their heart or they're you know they've, they've just experienced something you know i think of like naughty dog and what they've done with the last of us you know and those games that have a lot of grit in them you're going to have a real sense that you're with someone and that you're actually living experience with them and i think that's just gonna that's different to a movie a movie you can be moved or a documentary by people that you see on screen. But when you're actually in the room with them and you're actually living the experience with them, that's going to be incredibly powerful as well. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to blur the line between NPCs and actual other players. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else we got here? Um, we, we got on the list, um, these, these are just notes that we thought about beforehand. So, you know, it allows people to experience things they perhaps wouldn't otherwise be able to, you know, whenever it's, it's going to other places in the world, you know, although you can already do it, that's only going to become increasingly more powerful. Um, Dude, and as soon, as soon as we thought of this, as soon as, soon as we realized we we're going to be talking about this today, the first thing that came to mind, and this just everybody in the chat, tell me I'm dumb. Um, but the first thing that came to mind is when I was like 15, 16, whatever it was, and I had to go to driving school before I got my license. Like, I just, dude, I just, like, slept through all of driving school, which explains what a terrible driver I am, uh, is, it is, I was so bored, and then fast forward a few months to the first time I got into my dad's Ford Tempo, this is the very first time I drove anywhere ever, and all I had to do was drive to the bottom of my driveway, take a quick left onto a not-too-busy street, and then go down to, like, this housing development, where it's, like, had, like, maybe one other car for, like, miles, and I was petrified, petrified to get behind the wheel and i was like i was like to the point where i was like i don't think i can do this i don't think i'm like i've got to move this two-ton vehicle around with a steering wheel and like i mean this, this is ridiculous who people do this every day you're kidding me and so if if there was like a super realistic driving simulator type thing uh you know for 
uh, for driving schools like this where I could just I could have at least put a VR headset on, you know, held the wheel and then and, 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 and known which which was the gas, which one was the brake and, and actually gotten to do it myself in a super realistic environment. That would have changed everything the first time I got into my dad's Ford Tempo. <laughs> and I, I would have been like, oh, I've done this before. I'm familiar. I already kind of feel comfortable with this because I did it before in driving school. And th but there was nothing like that. It was just like, it was like trial by fire. I was like, what if I hit the wrong, the wrong pedal at the bottom of the driveway and I roll out into traffic? I was like, dude, I was like, right. my heart was pounding. And I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be driving. Like, I, I, think, I think driving is for more rational people who can handle this kind of shit. <laughs> so, so that's just, that was the first application that came to mind when we, we, from real or VR experiences. Like there's, so there's a lot of potential possibilities here. And that's like a silly one. That's a silly yeah, one. Yeah. Think about surgeons who are like, I had to perform this, perform this surgery, and they could do it the night before uh, practice right. in VR. On the surgeon simulator. Oh, yeah, I move mean, well, if you're trying to get rid of somebody's <laughs> eyeball, that is a perfect <laughs> simulator to use. <laughs> yeah, they, they installed ways? the wrong one. <laughs> they installed the wrong one. They were meant to do the actual like new one that was released in 2032 which is for medical students and they actually got the retro version and they were like yeah i just stabbed him in the eye with the the thing to keep him alive but uh no and a silly example actually and it's why we're not quite there yet um what is the table tennis game uh the good one because it's the one i play thank you racket fury yeah. so all through the pandemic i've been playing that so much and i love table tennis and i'm really blown away of how it feels and when I show it to other people, they're like, wow, you, you get a real sense of it. You can slice the ball and curve it. And I kept joking, saying, I feel like I'm getting better as a player with reaction times. When I next go and play table tennis, it's going to be really interesting to see how much I've improved or if I haven't. And two weeks ago, I went to a table tennis table. I was so bad because <laughs> <laughs> clearly oh, I was it so doesn't translate. Yeah, it doesn't translate. <laughs> but... But in the future, as VR gets better and they have like, you know, haptic gloves and, you know, we're, we're still in its infancy at the moment. That's an example of we're not quite there yet. So, you know, I, I would say Racket Fury has a good simulation, but that's what it is. It's a simulation. It's that simulation with a sort of arcade. Well, it has an arcade mode on it, but like the realism is going to come down to tracking and things like that. Um, I just wanted to respond to someone in the chat quickly before it uh, disappears. So sure. Twitcher that I love swords with now game cat says, do you think this will increase or decrease multiplayer anxiety on the, uh, the facial expression part? Maybe some players find it easier to socialize without all the facial social clues. So all I would say to that is different people are going to have different reactions. Yeah. And it's why, sort of I preface this conversation with it's not about do we have one thing or the other it's like we let people have the choice some people prefer rec room to realistic games which are much more minimal like even then, the, the dude, I get I get social anxiety in rec room right like I it's a, if I walk into a room and there's two or three people in there I'm like I clam up I sit in the corner I just kind of right. like look around like it's the yeah. exact same way I am in real life and so, so in that, those are cartoon characters. Those are as, as generic you know, mm. VR models as you can get. Although I haven't played recently, I already improved them. Um, and, and I still, you know, just knowing that they're real people brings the social anxiety uh, and I clam up. So uh, I want to see where this takes us. True. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to be a little scary for me. That's fair enough. But then the point will be that there'll be other games that cater, like the, 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 the more technology advancements we have the more range we can have of experiences that are going to be tailored to different people's 
uh, thresholds of anxiety and psychological tolerance, whether it's about horror or previous experiences, you know, um, you, you don't want someone that's maybe served in the military to play an action game that is really realistic and it's a beach scene or something like that and can cause flashbacks. Like, um, as things become more realistic, these are things that have to um, come into consideration. Before diving into the negatives, the, the, the last thing on, on, on sort of the positives is the idea of, and this actually could be a negative as well, which is the idea of rewards without risks. Mm. So you can actually do things like bungee jumping and things like that, <laughs> excuse me, without the risks of dying, I guess, <laughs> right. bungee jumping. Um, but that's kind of what it is now at the moment. And I, I, I think that's, yeah, that's, of course, going to be something that only becomes more common um, as realism increases. Yeah, I mean, there, there's actually uh, rewards without risks is actually a, a, a great way to talk about like Richie's plank experience or um, even like Windlands, things that I've, I've got a pretty terrible fear of heights. And I will say that playing a lot of VR uh, and, and doing a lot of things at high uh, from high vantage points, swinging around on, you know, on vines and grappling hooks um, has really, I mean, to me, I think helped with my fear of heights I, I, just because I get so used to it. Sometimes I look down in VR, I'm like, oh shit, you know, and, but, 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 I, but I'm kind of okay with it. Whereas like, uh, I think when I first started playing VR, like it was, it was, some of these things were really, really difficult to deal with. Um, mm. even if you've ever played like T for God on quest, uh, which is like kind of like this random generation thing where you actually walk around, uh, and s sometimes you're standing outside of like a skyscraper on like a little ledge and you just have to kind of like scurry your way a little bit over here. And like, I think things like that, uh, no matter how unrealistic they are in VR, still are tricking your mind enough. You talked about Resident Evil 7 being like, you know, it's a game, but like, there's something in your brain that's still like, mm -mm, <laughs> this is rough. Yeah. You know? And so the, I think all of those like exposure, it's almost like exposure therapy, right? Where yes. you have these risks without rewards, without risks. And eventually uh, that translates into real life, hopefully unlike racket fury. I don't know. Yeah, no, there's, there's going to be a lot of room for rehabilitation. I think um, in the me medical space, um, it's going to be helpful for a lot of treatments. This is potentially taking us actually into the negatives. So mm. one of the last projects I worked on when I worked for the news organization, The Guardian, seven years ago, I was their video strategist for two years. Um, it was called Six by Nine. It's still available. It's the number six, X9. Um, it won a lot of awards, I believe. And it was um, a 10-minute VR experience that you could do on... Uh, your phone and you put it in like a Google um, what's it called Google box cardboard that you put to your eyes and it was these journalists had worked with people that had been in solitary confinement um, and for 10 minutes you are in a cell and you have narrations from people that have been in solitary confinement who are saying things like well we're in the cell now what are we going to spend our time doing I guess I'm going to count the, the bricks on the wall and you naturally start doing it and uh Bit of a spoiler, but towards the end, there's a bit where they say how you lose your mind and in the end you feel like you're floating. And in that moment, you just start lifting into the air off the bed and you feel like you're having an out-of-body experience. Hmm. Um, and there are like people knocking on the cell walls. It's very basic. Um, but a lot when we first tested it, a lot of journalists were taking their headsets off in tears. Um, and, um, oh, is this it now? Wicked, you've got it on screen. Perfect. Um yeah, and so this was this god this this was about six years ago, and um, it was it, when it was shown at festivals. We actually built a thing out of cardboard blocks 
um the cell six by nine so you actually went inside it you sat on a fake bed and then you put the headset on um and uh yeah um i think that was great for empathy but on the other hand when i saw journalists taking their headsets off in tears i was like well there's actually a risk here uh, there's actually due diligence you have to do because you are potentially putting people at risk um so it's a good educational tool but we need to be careful um and and i think this gets into the conversation about negatives um right, when this, it comes to the realism of vr this is, yeah this is so much more than uh this is so much more than playing grand theft auto this is so much more than like, on a flat screen this is so much more than watching a scary movie uh, on a flat screen uh because vr for the first time ever really in history you you feel like the main character you feel like you're in those environments like this is in and I know to to us, to everybody watching right now, this is that that goes without saying that that's common sense. But to anyone who hasn't tried VR and goes, well, how is this medium any different than just like, you know, reading a book, watching a movie, playing a game? It's because it's so much different. It, it really is like it it holds true to its name, virtual reality. It creates this new reality for you. And, and, and as we've already said, again, with Resident Evil and Racket Fury to a point where it's like you go, I'm getting better at this. Oh, my God, this is terrifying. This is scary because it's happening to you. And, you, and, and your brain still thinks in the same way as it normally thinks outside of VR even though you're in VR. And I think that's that's that can't be overstated. Uh, and and we don't know the long-term effects of this stuff yet. We really don't. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of people are concerned be- before anything else about, oh, can I put this on my 12-year-old? Like, you know, is that going to is it going to cause eye strain or, or like poor, or screw up his development or whatever? Um, but we don't think about the psychological part of this. And and, and with this Just- this yeah, the six by nine. Is that six by nine? Is that what's called? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, perfect um, example, man. Perfect example. And, and but this and, and what you say speaks to like social media. We have you know all these cases of depression rising among young people, the fear of missing out, comparisons, and all that. And this is stuff that it's not because well, people can argue this. Social media companies weren't doing this intentionally to cause harm. They had a business model with algorithms to drive certain behaviors. And then when you finally start getting the data and the, the results on an industrial scale, it shifts the culture. And by that point, sometimes it's too hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Um, one of the negatives is kind of touched upon that, which is could learned VR behavior lead to in real life behavior? And some people are going to go, but we know what's real and what's not. Right. This is different for playing on a flat screen. Um it, on a spectrum, you could argue gaming is maybe a bit more immersive than watching a movie because you're actually partaking in saying, but when you're in it and the example I give, which is going to make some people laugh and think is stupid. But I remember when playing Grand Theft Auto online, when you go into corner shops and like gas stations and you want to rob it, you have to hold the gun up and then there is a stress bar for the cashier and you basically shout at them and just shouting anything and volume puts their stress levels. They start putting cash in the bag quicker. You can start shooting stuff. And I remember once being on GTA Online and I heard some kid going, I'll kill you and all your family if you don't effing do it, all this sort of stuff. And like, I found it funny, but on the other hand, I was like, okay, this is um, interesting, like uh, role play. Yeah. Now, imagine that in VR. Again, you might go, yeah, but it's just role play. And you know what? For the vast majority of people, it will always be role play. But... As things get more realistic, if you're playing games where you're stabbing people that look real, could this have? It's, 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 this conversation is not about you know is VR evil 
or is is there an intention to do bad stuff? It is what are the unintended consequences that we should be aware of? And yes. I'm yes. always curious to know, are devs thinking about it now? I think a lot of them aren't because we're not at that stage yet. But when all the AAA companies start coming in and there's much more, you know, 10 times fold of investment and the immersion is getting increasing, there's going to have to be a conversation about this for sure. Um, there's stuff that you do in games currently on flat screen that I think you would have a hard time justifying on VR. I, I, mean, there I don't things, know. Maybe there are things that are happening right now in flat screen games that are hard to justify, period. And, and that's coming from somebody who loves horror, thinks that there should be no limits when it comes to anything. And then Sony comes in and like, boom, we've got to censor that. you know. And so there, there are things that are, for me, I'm like, ah, no limits, everything's fine. But, but plenty of people are already saying, this is unacceptable. This isn't fair. This isn't this isn't right. People shouldn't be doing this in video games. Like in and so it's already happening on a flat screen. And for us, for people who've been playing VR for a long time, flat screen's so silly, right? Yes, yes, the games are great and we love them. And like there's still amazing AAA games that we really want to play. Great. But but the level of immersion, it just is non-existent. Right. It's like, yes, I'm playing a game, but it's it's six feet away from me on a big, you know, 50, 60 inch four uh, K television. Right. I, I am not that character. And so uh, so this is, this yeah this this is really interesting, and I just totally lost my train of thought. I do want to say one thing though. Uh, we get Dead Ringer in the with a two dollar tip. He says Gun Club gave me better aim in real life. Happy Friday, which I, I think we put into the the, the plus column uh, until he finally loses his grip on reality, and then we suddenly put into the negative column. We're like shit, man. He's up on there. He's uh, yeah. We, oh, sorry. Uh, someone in the someone in the beard of power 666 in the chat said violence in video games has always been a thing and i agree i think of the days of yeah. doom uh soldier of fortune it was yeah. like one of the first games we could blow limbs off and i remember at the time thinking how realistic it looks you look at it now it looks ridiculous um yes it always has been a thing and i think it just means we update the ways that we regulate things so for example the idea that video games have just got an age limit same with movies i actually think is always ridiculous it's arbitrary it's not about what your your physical age is it's about your mentality how you and you know, they'll say on the box it, yeah yeah it's rated this because it contains violence and you know it's always really abstract stuff mm -hmm. i think the way that vr games are rated and they should just be suggestions which is it contains themes of x y and z and they kind of do that at the moment but it's just to make allow consumers to make an informed choice um and you know you're always going to get unforeseen circumstances um but you know we were talking about there not being nefarious stuff happening but you know there is going to be some of that as well because realistic vr is going to allow for greater opportunities for deception so this could be from advertisers. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the Black Mirror episode where um, they're powering this building by doing exercise and getting credits. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when they go back to their room, That's a good one. ads get commercials get played. Yeah. But if they close their eyes and look away, it pauses the ad until they start looking again and it plays. Now, that that I, I say it's not going to be a thing. Who knows? Mm. But weren't Facebook <laughs> boasting recently about they were testing in Oculus um, ways of putting commercials in vr um but but if things are realistic it means that they could have literally realistic human characters that are just bots that are trying to sell you stuff that you would be building relationships and friendships with and it turns out actually that was an ai because we when we talk about ai and being human we're always thinking about robots and we're like but yeah you could push a robot and you know that it, you know you would know it's not a human because of the way they feel but in vr if it's just avatars that could actually be a bit more tricky to know um and so i think there is a risk for 
having harm caused by others. And, and we were saying about, you know, empathy and seeing people and their expressions means you'll be nicer. Yeah, there are some people that troll and would actually get a buzz from it and, and have the opposite reactions. So um, that could be a problem as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I think I, I, the Black Mirror episode is, is a great example, but that's that's a very opaque example, right? It's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very dystopian future. And I, but I do think that, yeah, like it's, it won't be long before uh, some more nefarious things start happening a little bit more subtly, so more subtly than we realize that are happening. Um, and, and that's like the, you know, you, I, I feel like anytime, uh, anytime a company can kind of go down the wrong path for financial gain, they're, they're probably going to do it. Um, and they're going to find a way to like do it without you knowing. Uh, so there's certainly, uh, <laughs> there's certainly an, uh, an element there. Nick Mueller, the game guy in the chat's like, damn black mirror. Every episode was like, yeah, I guess you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's like it's all it's all warnings about the future, and and and, and then they've they've done a couple of great uh, VR episodes too, which is totally off topic. Not the point. Um, so so but you, when, I, you, when you talk about when you talk about ratings though, um, so it, it doesn't it doesn't really help us at all when it comes to keeping people out of games that are gonna who are gonna have the most negative reaction to it. Um, so I mean, and, like, and yeah, because also it's only going the people that are going to follow the ratings are those that officially publish indie. And I'm not even talking about indie developers that publish through Sony currently. Right. I'm talking about like modding sites, like that community, the wild west of just creating content yeah. is going to become much more democratized. But it also means there's going to be a wild west of content that is unregulated. And instead of it again being on a screen where you get tricked with like a movie that then cuts to something like some snuff video or something like that, you're actually in it. And that in itself is kind of a, a scary thought. And um, we'll, we'll continue with that point. I, I just want to sort of preface this conversation as well, which is this conversation is not about should we lose faith in VR as a platform? I think oh, it's the opposite. Yeah. I think it's that as a community, we love VR so much we are willing to be responsible and say these are things that we're mindful of and we're being mindful because at the moment the devs do listen to us a lot. They're a part of this conversation. And by being on top of it, we at least have a chance of maintaining VR as a platform that remains inclusive, supportive and respectful of people's vulnerabilities. And that's the sort of VR future that we want. So because um, I understand when we have these conversations, people will naturally become defensive going, mm -hmm. but I enjoy my VR. Why should I stop? experiencing games just because they're more realistic yeah we're not saying that we at all that at all we, we, def we definitely want it. we we are hoping for a as realistic as possible future as soon as possible like mm. and and so and and i am you know thoroughly against censorship and i'm, I'm thoroughly against uh you know even, even again so many just censored a, a bunch of things that they, maybe you're not even familiar with on, on certain games that have come out the last few years and and I hate that. I absolutely hate that. And so, like, finding a way where, uh, where 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 we still get to play the games that we want to, but also at the same time make sure that people who uh, are, are going to be influenced in any kind of negative way, whether it be psychologically or or, or like maybe you know it's, they've been using the term murder simulator for games for like twenty years, like. Like Mortal Kombat, Night Trap, all of these games got labeled as like murder simulators, Doom, uh, Wolfenstein, and so and so. This has been a constant conversation for decades now, 
And as we, as the medium gets more and more realistic, you look back at those games, you laugh, you laugh and go, really? Did we really think that that was going to cause an issue for anybody? But now, you know, we look now and go, this, this could potentially be an issue for some people. So for us to be able to keep enjoying the things that we want to enjoy, we have to make sure that the people who are going to be adversely affected by them, either, you know, there, there's some kind of sort of monitoring, monitoring process or, or, or something like and, and I think it always comes down to the education of the parents. Like, don't don't let your kid play bad shit. But as years go by, parents are just you know passing the blame to different people. And uh, and, and unfortunately, some of the people that, that that take the blame are the video game rating boards, right? It's like, well, yes. how, how did you let my son buy this? Well, how did you let your son buy this, right? So and then that, and then it's, a, then it's a knee jerk reaction. It creates a knee jerk reaction, which is usually destructive and it hurts the the greater society that was actually enjoying it and fine right so because if we, if we don't take responsibility and devs don't take responsibility government institutions will then just slap down well we need a quick fix and if you've ever seen these congressional meetings around tech companies mm -hmm. they often don't know much about the tech <laughs> that, they're, that they're regulating so um yeah, it's, it's important we get on it for that but, reason for but sure. i think this this brings us to the most serious aspect for me and that's right <laughs> and that's um it, it's it's so easy i think for vr to become like a, a second life for people and i am using that term uh because of the game uh that that they, they'd rather be in virtual reality more than anywhere else uh you know we th we're talking about like traumatic things we're talking about scary things we're talking about things that could impact somebody's uh you know psyche but but there's a whole other side of this where it's like it's just really pleasurable, right? Like um, the the <laughs> the thumbnail for this is just taken directly from uh, from the Lawnmower Man, and I and I the thing I remember the most about the Lawnmower Man from when I was a kid it was like there was all these diff there were these different games you could play or different experiences you could have, and one of them was was having sex, and it was like and, and so for me it's like I'm thinking full body suit for me I'm thinking like who needs a sex robot, right? And then, and then you get to this point where you're like, you know, you're having like intimate relationships with like with a character in virtual reality, and like at that point, do you just lose sight of reality altogether? When you say, well, I don't need a girlfriend, I don't need a boyfriend, I don't need a significant other, I don't, you know, you start losing interest in like your friends and in in your family, like when 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 your second life becomes more interesting or more pleasurable than your actual life. I, I think this is I think this is where one of the biggest problems of immersive entertainment really is going to become like this is going to be one of the biggest issues we're going to have to face and again because a lot of a lot of parents are not going to monitor what their kids are doing or how long they use it for um you know, you and know, it's and that's happening with the dopamine hits people get on social media with the likes and chasing you know the engagements on social media sure. and again that is something on a screen um elon musk talks about how we are already cyborgs it's just that the mechanical component isn't embedded in us, we, but it is an extension of us. Whenever you've got a thought and you want to verify something or get information, you take out your phone and look at it like it is an extension of you. Um, and, and also on that point about sort of relationships and um, sort of the, the pleasure aspects of it, um, I, I might have mentioned it on a previous show, but um, there was research done many years ago with um, rats where they had a device in their brain that hit the pleasure part of the brain every time they hit a button. And I recommend people to look up the research because I'm gonna butcher the specifics of it. But basically what happens was these rats would just keep hitting the button for basically ultimate pressure, uh, sorry, pleasure, to the point that 
they would then start they'd be close to starving or dying of thirst because even though they were given all the food and drink they wanted and they had partners they chose hitting the button over because pleasure is actually a survival instinct so that we reproduce that we breathe you know when you come out of the water after holding your breath taking a breath feels really really good you get rewarded for doing things that keep you alive but if there was actually something that really has been optimized to your brain you're going to be more willing to do it now that's an extreme example but it does show you that also why taking a really big dump feels good sometimes yeah no it is absolutely absolutely cleared out your system like yeah no that's exactly right everything everything like that um but we all relate to that. We all relate to that. But also the thing about relationships, I, I will never forget. I, I can't remember how old I was, but I remember I once did have a dream that was really vivid and I fell in love with someone who was completely a dream, met them, stuff like that, hung out with them. And I remember waking up and thinking, oh, they weren't real. And it was just like genuine sense of sadness of like, because you can't just go into a dream and expect them to come up get it. It was like a completely formed and I, I will never forget that particular experience because it was like when in certain conditions, dreams can feel incredibly real. And in certain conditions, VR experiences, especially VR experiences where they have been optimized for your preferences, um, it's it's kind of scary. So, yeah, I do think the negatives there are becoming detached. What I would say, though, is the pandemic have been trapped in, and I know this isn't going to apply to all people, but being stuck in a lot of the time, I'm someone who likes spending a lot of time by myself, mm-hmm. having taken an opportunity to just go to a park with a couple of friends or with my band, we had a barbecue together, just the five of us, um, like halfway through the pandemic in the summer. It was really nice and went away, like quite exhausted by it because it's like going out and, you know, spending a lot of time talking with people, but human contact and like touch hugging people that is actually a physiological need, um, and it's it's a component that we need for our well-being. And there's again lots of research to show that if you don't have physical touch with other human beings, um, your life expectancy does go down. The, um, the, the because, question, of course, though, and sorry to interrupt you, is no, with if, a, with a haptic suit and VR, do, it, does it trick your brain enough to say we're getting these interactions from people? Does our life expectancy? now increase right because because we're we're getting laid in vr well we are we are technical beings that respond so i i actually yeah i agree with you i think yeah it once it's optimized enough yeah and by that point i can't we might wait be actually... this is gonna be great miles the future is fucking incredible <laughs> well this is this is what they say about like the future evolution of humans it's the idea that humans are going to just keep evolving it yeah. there's also an idea that the actual humans is an evolutionary step to us downloading our consciousness into uh software or you know robots you know ha- if you want to create immortality uh, you download your consciousness into AI. I mean, this is getting into a really, sure. really deep sure. uh, aspect of it. But like, we know that, and, and and you know, a lot of you may have already heard about the simulation theory. It's the idea of, are we living in a simulation? Mm-hmm. And again, I, I recommend people looking into it, but it's based on a few premises. premises. And one of them is, technology is only going to get better, more realistic, and eventually it will become indistinguishable from real life. Like, that's the first premise. And I think we can all agree that at the current trajectory, unless we destroy our planet before we can do it and stuff like that, eventually VR worlds 
are going to be indistinguishable from 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 real life. Um, it's a question of when we get there, yeah. but the stepping stones of getting there. Whether it's whether it's ten years from now, twenty years, or or fifty years, uh, it will happen. I, I yeah, there was a tech journalist at the Guardian that said something really interesting, which was when it comes to predicting the future with technology. I might get this the wrong way round, but I think he says we often overestimate the short run, but we underestimate the long run. Hmm. So like we might be saying this is going to happen three years or five years, and we'll probably be a bit too quick but then there'll be trends in the next 10 years that happen way sooner than we expect um and you know it goes back to the eye tracking thing when that was announced on psvr2 i was like it totally makes sense but i had no idea that this was something it, it just caught sort of caught me off guard and the idea that this is going to be with us within less than a year um potentially is is just remarkable so there's some good there's some bad but either way fucking exciting times ahead definitely this is this has been a really cool conversation and I, I uh, like the chat has been absolutely on fire <laughs> yeah no i've been i've been reading the chat and trying to keep up with you and uh, and everything else this has been i mean definitely perspectives all over the place uh, I, I love the the varied responses uh, because it's you know, everyone's got a different idea of what the future is going to hold and uh, but no one knows until we get there uh, and so this is yeah it's, this is fun this is fun territory to explore for sure. And I got to say, uh, I copied and pasted this uh, comment from like 20 minutes ago in the chat uh, from Twitter, the Isle of Swordsman now GameCat. It says, I got to love, I love, got to say that I love the way the new games cast setup is working out. We get very different, but equally awesome chat on the different days with different co-presenters uh, in Twitter. Thank you so much for that, because this has been a pretty stressful transition uh, in making sure that like, you know, that, that we're still bringing great content and making sure that we're still, you know, uh, you know being entertaining. Uh, and, and still talking about, you know, PlayStation VR, uh, it's a struggle. Uh, and, and, and I do, and I do absolutely love, and, and obviously miles, this obviously, uh, applies to you. Uh, all three of my co-hosts are amazing and they do give wildly different perspectives on, on gaming and VR and just everything. Uh, and I, and I don't think I could have asked for a better trifecta of co-hosts. So. Miles, thank you again for being here, and, and, and Twitcher, thank you for saying that because it makes me feel a lot more confident about what we're doing over here. Yeah, that that, that means a lot, and and it is one of the many reasons why I was excited to be a part of this because of the other two that are involved, of incredibly talented people that all bring their own, and that's kind of what you want with three days a week. Obviously, Brian is the anchor of this channel. Um, you do need some kind of consistency. Give, give him some and... time, man. Eventually, the cats will be trying to vote me off the island. They'll be like, "Listen, <laughs> three days a week is too much, Brian. Like, we just want, we just want him once a week. Let's let's get some other people over here. Where's Polish Brian, Paul? Can when you, you just... need him? <laughs> yeah, Brian, can you just produce <laughs> behind the camera? <laughs> right, totally. No, but but it is true, and it, it just means that you do have that, you know, that that tone of voice, and you know. Brian might not like me saying this, but you are the heart of this channel. The community obviously is a big part of it, but you are the the thing that keeps beating throughout on these years that it's been happening. And it's really cool that we have these different components. And yeah, I've always been someone who likes getting into deep philosophy and stuff like that. It's not always going to be like that every week. I like right. to be a bit crazy and wild too. But the fact that we've been able to do this topic and it's been, I think, well-received, um, means a lot and i think it means that we can have more conversations because vr is different to these other mediums because it is about the human experience because you are lit it's about the immersion you're in these worlds you're in these characters 
And um, those are interesting conversations to be had because they're actually not being really had anywhere. Like normally when VR has been spoken about, and I might be wrong about this, there might be other channels that do it. They do talk about immersion, but they talk about it from the technical side of it feels real to be here. They very rarely talk about, but what does that actually mean to be human? And, you know, what does it, what is it actually going to mean about the way that we live our lives? Because all of us right now, we're going to be at the forefront of this massive experiment. And that's both exciting and terrifying. But I, I'm hopeful that it will be for the better. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't think you put it, could have put a better end cap on the conversation, which means... But that's you... why I did it good, because I know it's going to go terrible now with 20 questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm the host this time. I've, I've picked a PlayStation VR game, and uh, I'm thinking about uh, it right no, now. I think we're all out of time. We're out of time. I just have to go. Oh, this is <laughs> man. Um, yeah, six uh. minutes. I'm going to put six minutes up on the clock, the clock up on the counter, the way that Jeremy likes it. And you guys out there, please... Listen, you gotta you gotta be nice to Miles, man. Right? He needs all the help he can get. I need your help. Right? And uh, twenty questions, twenty yes or no questions to figure out what game uh, I'm thinking of. What PSVR game? Are you ready? No, but let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Does it have a multiplayer component? Yes. Um Is it PlayStation VR exclusive? No. Good question. We never asked that. Um, is it first person? Uh, yeah, I would say you would play this in first person. Last week I said um, Moss wasn't the first person yeah, and yeah, yeah. actually it was last week was last week man let's not worry about no but it. i'm just I'm saying it's interesting though because it is kind of partial um <laughs> if i remember if i remember correctly there might be a third person mode but that's certainly not the okay. way that anybody plays this game that's cool um do you use the move controllers or can no. can you no. no uh does it use the dual shock yes that's five. Okay. Um, Use the chat if you need to. Yeah, I'm looking at the chat now. Um, I feel like this is a stupid question, but I'm going to go for it. Does it... Does it only use the dual shock? Yes. Okay. Um Let's go with some genres. Uh do do you, oh actually do do you control vehicles in it? I'm sure you can, but I have not. And I say I sure you can. Maybe not. I'm not going to count that question. I because I don't really know. This is, is there? I, is this the, is a game I wish I had is, spent more time with. Is there? Um, is there a flat screen version of this game? There is. Um. Do you shoot in this game? Uh, I think there might be a shooting component, but I. I'm not going to count that either. 
Maybe I should have picked a game that, like, you know, I knew something about. Um, yeah, Donatello, I think it could be. Um, is there a creative component to this game? Like, you, you, you build stuff. There is a creative component to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> are there any mines in the game? Uh, there's definitely some mines in this game. Yeah. How many are we on? That's nine. <laughs> okay. Um, would you say there's as much crafting in this game <laughs> as there is mining? I would say equal parts. <laughs> mining. Would you say that? E would you, would you say funny. that equal parts is in not just the gameplay, but in the name of it as well? That is actually what I was referring to. That's eleven. Yeah. <laughs> is it Minecraft? It is Minecraft. I would have hated you if it wasn't. <laughs> Some blinder move. <laughs> Awesome. That's good stuff. I, I yeah. So I think I saw all you are. History might have been the first one who uh, who got it, but I might I might have missed a few before that. I apologize if I did. But good job, man. Good job. I, this was difficult. To, so, suddenly I was like, oh, you know what? Even though I did a twelve hour live stream, I don't know shit about this game. Can you shoot in Minecraft? Is there? Do you get a gun at some point? You get a bow and arrow. Um, uh, I think in certain mods you probably could. Um, I want to go back to it because I played it when it first came out in VR, and I got motion sick quite bad. It wasn't that optimized, but. Okay. I absolutely love the game. It's a game I've always gone back to every half year because they do just keep adding so much. And I would love just to get a team of us to play a new game because the actual sort of whole scope of the show of, you know, starting off from scratch mm -hmm. and you've got to, you know, build up your artillery so you then can go and take on the dragon. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, Classic Peepo says, I would have died if it was Discovery, which is like a Minecraft <laughs> clone. Oh, my oh, God. That would have been that would have been really evil. <laughs> really evil i would never i wouldn't do that to miles not yet we, we're, we're not we're yet just, <laughs> next time we're, we're just getting into the swing of things you know as soon as I, I i'll be i'll be evil eventually but not quite yet uh listen guys we gotta wrap this up uh definitely one of our longer episodes in a while um but always always a pleasure to sit here and hang out and uh and have these kind of discussions with miles uh thank you to everybody who uh supports us on patreon remember guys uh Patreon not only gives you gets uh, the $3 amount, gets your name on that scroll that goes endlessly down below at the, end, the bottom of the screen, but it also gives you access to voice chat over on Discord, where I hang out fucking all day. Not that I think it's a privilege to talk to me, but I'm just saying, you know, it's like, we've got to make money somehow. Uh, also, uh, the, for the $5 tiers and more uh, over on Patreon, uh, I'm going to be doing a live AMA. Come hang out this Sunday at Do noon it. Eastern. Uh, the, like I said, the last one was like two hours long. It's a lot of fun. It was cool to see everybody uh, show up, and uh, and, it, and it had some it had some traction after the fact. People like at least like seventy five people watched it after uh, the stream was over. So thank you guys for checking it out even after the fact. Um, we need to get moving, man. Uh, thank you so much to Sci-Fi Game Cat Henry, who does all the timestamps. Jamie Al, who gets this thing up on podcast services of your choice. If you don't want to watch the show live, you can certainly listen to it on Spotify. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Uh, and that's it, man. Don't forget to join us on Discord. What's what's all the thumbs up? Yes, a lot of thumbs up. Well, we, we're already at 150. So if you haven't liked it yet, please do. And some people are asking about the shirt I'm wearing today. This is normally my gym shirt. It's a uh, yeah, Vegeta um, Saiyan armor from Dragon Ball Z. Just saying, 
Just saying is the company, and they do really nice gym wear for all the Dragon Ball Z stuff. It's expensive, but totally worth it. Um, but yeah, no, thanks, Brian, for having me on again. And for all the Game Cats, this has been amazing. And continue the conversation afterwards. If you're watching this on replay, post comments below, because I think there's loads more conversation to be had about it, for sure. Of course. Uh, yeah, again, thank you to everybody who hung out during the, during the show. Thank you to everybody who uh, supports on Patreon. Thank you to everybody who tipped during the show. And of course, thank you to everybody who sat back, watched the show, didn't say a goddamn word. We know you're out there, and we love you just as much. Let's run that intro. Woo! Bud, tornado, tornadoes by my foot meowing. We're still live. I'm just, just talking. Can they hear us? Yeah, oh, they can hear us. Yeah, yeah. Can they? Can they hear us? Well, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if they can hear us. We talked about everyone. Oh, Thank you. All right, give me a noun. <laughs> a noun. Another noun. A verb that ends oh, in my. ing. <laughs> oh no! That was officially the worst. Be... That was officially the worst way to begin a show ever. I'm so proud that we'll anybody do, we'll, stuck around. We must do it again. We must do it again. <laughs> Friday, join us for live. Because then people are like, "Wow, this show is getting better and better as it goes on." <laughs> you, you, you just got to get through the first ten-minute game. Well, Jor- some Jordan Cloud did. just showed up. I, I actually said his name earlier in the show, so maybe so. Apparently, he he, he got he felt the uh, cosmic vibrations that I said his name, but but they were just like two hours behind. Can I do a quick plug before we end this? Oh, dude, absolutely! Plug, plug, plug. I am super close to hitting. 7,000 followers on Instagram. So if you have Instagram, I think I'm like 20 away. So if anyone has Instagram, Here. that's where I'm most active. I'm it's Miles Dyer Official on, on IG. I'll put, it, I'll put it on the chat. There you go. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, also yeah. on the screen now. Miles Dyer Official on Instagram. Go follow him. Oh, nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I post stories on there a lot. It's a good way of staying in contact there and on the Discord as well. So, oh, yeah. There I am. Bye-bye. Yeah, we're going to get the plugs at the beginning of the show from now on, because <laughs> yeah, otherwise I'll forget. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. We love you. Wow. Wow.